Welcome back to another episode of the Cast Patrol podcast. We're privileged to be joined by yet another special guest today. Not just any special guest. Australian Hall of Famer, winner of multiple Group 1 races and the First Lady of Racing. Welcome to the show, Gay Waterhouse. How are you today, Gay? Well, I'm very well and I'm surrounded by beauties. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you, you very much. So many of you. Saw, I thought, well, I saw the four mics. I saw five mics. I thought, must be a... Before we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to keep things really lighthearted and short and sweet today. So we're going to go through your early career, your training regime, some of the best horses you've trained, and some of these prestigious trophies all around this room. And at the very end, we're going to test you on a Gay Waterhouse quiz to see how well you know yourself. <laughs> so no pressure, no pressure exactly. at all. Uh, let's wind the clock back a bit to your first memory of horse racing. What was it? Um, as a very little girl, I used to go on, out on the track on Dad's pony which was called Cornflakes, and he'd perch me on the front of it and we'd walk out into Randwick, into that you know, wonderful arena, not you know, in the centre of Randwick, and he'd be riding and I'd be up the front and I loved it. I thought it was really great. That's awesome. It's great to hear. If you weren't working with thoroughbreds, what would you be doing instead? Probably running Australia. Running Australia? <laughs> <laughs> you'd make a good one? No, I can't. I can't only improve. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I did a bit of research and found that you used to be an actress back in the day. Is this true? Yes, yes no, I was an actress. That was my, my one thing I wanted to do more than anything else. And so I went to England at the age of 21 and I started working there and I was basically, no, I didn't become a cat bombshell or anything like that. And I think it's because I knew I wasn't going to be great at all or on the top of my profession, but I enjoyed it hugely. And it taught me a lot, gave me great self-confidence. And, and, you know, when you go for a job there when there's a thousand people going for the same job, maybe more, you've really got to work hard. You've got to make sure you get it. 100%. Yeah. Well, I found these photos of you in Doctor Who yes, in the 1970s. My best shot. Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> me as a Gallifreyan, yes. I had to do a lot of sort of facial movement. <laughs> <laughs> But it was so much fun. I don't think I've ever enjoyed doing anything as much as I did in Doctor Who. Wow. It really? was so much fun. It was filmed, part of it was filmed in a Fuller's sand pit in Surrey in England. Yeah. And we were all running around with those set hairy sort of capes on, you know, because we were sort of Stone Age type people. It was so funny. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. But you also worked under your dad for 15 years. What was the, the best thing he taught you or the most important thing you learnt of him? Well, work for my dad. When you say that, I was with my dad basically from the moment I was born. I was an only child mm. and, you know, I was very close to both my parents and got on really well with them too. Um, and every morning at breakfast, it was this. Dad's sitting there, I'm sitting here. So it's not 15 years, it's... Your life. Your whole lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Your whole life. <laughs> and because you love the person and admire the person so much, you're sort of picking up on things that you don't even realise you're picking up on. Um, and, and, you know, he'd be ringing. He'd come in and he'd sit from the track. He'd have his shower. He'd put his pyjamas on and his dressing gown. Mm. In those days, people wore pyjamas and dressing gowns. And he'd sit at the <laughs> breakfast table, which was a formica sort of bench that we all had in those days, and bench either side. And he'd start bringing his, his owners. He'd start yeah. bringing them from port to seven every morning. And they might be David Haynes, who was one of the greatest uh, the people we had in business. Yeah. Sir Tristan Antico. Uh, it might have been Robert Askin, Premier of New South Wales. It was Bob Hawke, you know, the, the, the Prime Minister, who wow. become the Prime Minister. Plus all these other people. And the other thing he did, he rang the press. And mm. there was, you know... Uh, 
every press man you could imagine from all over Australia, and I mean not just Sydney, mm. Max Presnell, <laughs> Calibers, because they would bring also. But, you know, you, you had the Melbourne pressure, had the Queensland pressure, people from Perth, because he'd go over there. Yeah, they wanted to know what Tommy was doing. Yeah. yeah. It was a fascinating So, so you, you picked up all these little things on the way. Yeah. What was the most important thing, though, that he taught you or that you learned of him? Communication, yeah. Greatest, his greatest. He was communicating long before we had at, you know, texts, podcasts, emails, podcasts, <laughs> anything. Yeah. Now, television only came to Australia in the mid-50s. That's and, true. You know, people growing up, sort of in my era, uh, we weren't used to what, what you guys are. Mm. It's just such a different time. Yeah. Perfect. I love that answer. What, what does a day in the life of yourself look like in terms of training? Take us through it. Very different. Every day is different. That's what people who work with me always say. Um, and uh, I work very much with Adrian. Adrian's my boss. I work with him. I'm very much there to support him. Um, we may not always agree on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the end of the day, what, one of us has to take a step back and say, look, and I always, after thinking about it, I'll give my point very strongly. And, uh, and then one of us will always seem to say, look, no, that's the way we should go. Yeah. So it's, you know, we debate things and we think about things and it's good. It's better for the owner and the horse. Yeah. Well, in terms of um, training day, we've noticed a lot of your horses, they do like to lead. What was the theory behind leading your horses? Well, it's a, uh, one of the things is that it's, um, if if you're leading, there's only a little way to get to the winning page. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Instead of going that far. If you um, are leading... Um, you've already got an advantage on your rivals. They've got to catch you. Mm. Um, if you're leading, you don't get a clod in your eye or a horse run in front of you. Yeah. I mean, and the last thing is you dictate the tempo. Yeah. So sure. if you want to go fast, you can. If you want to go slow, you can. It's not always that easy. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work just. But it, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have won 150 subplus. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> is that where yeah. all these trophies came from? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I worked under you for over a year and I learned so much in my time there. I was very grateful um, for that experience in my life. Um, is Do you, after 30 years of success, so much success you've had, um, still still learn things or pick things up or feel like your training's changed throughout the years? Like the stuff that surprises you about horses? I'm always picking things up. I think you have to. And your eye becomes very quick at, to, to see things when you walk in a stable, as you would have known when I was just... <laughs> These <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, things have changed because we had uh, many more strappers, you know, young boys and girls working in the stables, you know, uh, and, and since COVID we have very few. So you've got to really cut your cloth according to your measure. You've got to try to get the horses exercised, but you may not have the same number of people. So it's really become, and not just worldwide logistics, be it in restaurants or horse racing, it's a logistics. How do we get the meals on the table? Mm. How do we get the horses out of the box and exercised and groomed and fed and put back to bed? Yeah. Well, you've had plenty of achievements throughout your career, Gay. You were inducted into the Australian Racing Hall of Fame in 2007, inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 2018. If you had to pick one, what would you say has been your greatest sporting achievement so far? Um. Uh, uh, sporting achievement, well, 
Or greatest achievement out of that. If I've had my children, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's the big achievement. Being married to Rob, I mean, I, I think that I, I could not have done these things, could not have done them if yeah. I hadn't had, you know, a strong man. They have an expression, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. They're a strong woman behind a man. Well, I'm the reverse. I, I really thrive on Rob being, being with me and, mm. and I can bounce things off of him and he'll see things. Or you'll tap me and you'll say, yeah, your stats aren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Little things. Yeah. Having the kids, having Tom and Kate, and yeah. now the grandchildren. That aside, that's one side of me. Yeah. That's my wife, mother, grandmother now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the photograph up there of trifectoring the golden slipper, yeah. because that year we had five horses get to the golden slipper. Yeah, wow. So, you know, it's hard to get them. It's, people say, how come you, you were so good with two-year-olds? I Stays or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, it's like boiling an egg. Do any of you cook? Yeah, oh, yeah sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, boiling an egg is like training a horse. It's, you've got to get to peak, and then you've got to make sure that you don't overcook it or undercook it. You don't want it arriving being soft yeah. and sloppy, and you don't want it being hard where it's just a, can't produce the best on race day. So yeah. it's very much monitoring what you're seeing every day. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in, in 2013, Gay, you won Australia's historic race, the Melbourne Cup, with Fiorente. What was the lead up to the day of the Melbourne Cup and obviously seeing him cross the winning post for um, the first time? Like, what was that feeling like? Fantastic. And the year before, we bought him, paid about a million um, Australian, a million, million, two million Australian. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he, he came the first time to Australia and ran second. Yeah, and paid his purchase price. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next thing, he comes back the next year, and I, I'd given him a light, light order because we were great friends with Lloyd Williams. Yeah, uh, you know, who is and has been the, the one of the gurus of the Melbourne Cup, a yeah. racing man, and very knowledgeable. And he said some things that I was able to incorporate in, into the training of, of Ferrante. But then, when the push came to shove, and it's coming to the last few weeks. I started to get so worried of it because everyone in Melbourne would say, this is your cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the worst, pressure on it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, the sweat's running down the brow. And I said to Rob, what happens this is the morning of the cup if I can't win the cup with mm. this? I said, I don't think I can go to the races. I don't want to let all these people down. Yeah. And Rob just said, oh, God, for heaven's sake, just go to the races and win the cup. It's history. So you basically said it's immoral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering um, – if you put, you spoke about golden slippers before, and out of all your seven golden slipper winners, talking about Sebring, Outreach, Piero, Vancouver, Farnan, Haha, um, if they were all in their prime, twelve hundred meters, and in a race worsening against each other, who wins? Piero. Piero. Yeah. Just a class in, above. In front of Dance Hero. Yeah. And third would probably be something like um, Overreach. Yeah. 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 Speaking about Piero Gay, he's probably my favourite horse growing up when I was watching him. He obviously won the two-year-old triple crown. What made Piero so good? He was he was a horse that when I saw him in Victoria, he, he took my eye. Mm. Um, but I'm not saying came out like, you know. <laughs> 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 he just was a nice cruisy sort of horse. Yeah. And then when we saw him at the sales, he was going the right price. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an expensive horse. I'd marked him highly in my book. I liked the way he moved. There was something about him. 
Well, that something was the X factor. Yeah. At that time, I didn't know. I just liked the horse. And the more I tapped into him, the more he gave me, the more he... Yeah. And he was had a fabulous look, beautiful head, lovely jowls, you know, jaw, neck, shoulder. You know, he's very masculine. Like he's, if you were at the gym and he was next to you, you'd go. <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He was great. But it, he had the most amazing will to win. Yeah. And if the horse came to him, if you remember in the races, yeah. the horses came to him, he'd say, back you. Get away. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just find a length. Yeah. yeah. Kick again. You know? Yeah. Oh, he was fantastic. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, you speak about toughness there. Uh, more Joyous speaks to me as my favourite horse growing up, you know. Um, and what was it about her toughness? It seemed like she just came back prep after prep and just kept furnishing as a mare. Um, what was it about her? Well, it's interesting with me is because quite often most of them don't train off. Hormonally, they kick in about three and they want to be mothers. Mm. But more joyous than one of any. She wanted to get out on the racetrack. And I don't know if it was the smell of the racetrack or the noise of the horses or that Piero will to win. Yeah. She just wanted to do it, didn't wow. she? And she, she could come from anywhere, couldn't she? Yeah. She was, oh, she was the most beautiful mare. And, and, and I, I enjoyed training her enormously. Yeah. For John Singleton to sing. Yeah. Sing her, yeah. No, no, we had our... <laughs> <laughs> down the track. But... She really was more joyous. And mm. so funny because they didn't want to run her in the Doncaster, mm. which is our number one mile race yeah. in Australia. And I just knew she could win it. And we had this quite a heated battle, very heated battle. And uh, anyway, eventually they said, all right, go, run her. Yeah. Thinking, I should fail. Yeah. And I just had so much confidence. In I just knew she wouldn't fail. And of course, you know, she got his own pastor. It's yeah. history now. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, and I guess on that, like, does it help with being like Nash being the jockey for both More Joyce and Piero? Yeah, like, what was their relation? Like, their relationship? Well, they got to turn up for track work. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't turn up, I, I don't really want them around. And, yeah. And by turning up for track work, they get to know the horse because they're riding in the. Yeah. You know, they're out there every day, they're riding them, they get to know the feeling of the horse, what he can do, if they give him a little extra tap, how much will they give him? Yeah. So Nash was good, you know, he was there, he was riding him, and Nash was hungry, he wanted to win, you know. Nash was always a bit hungry. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So speaking of uh, champions, Alligator Blood, he, uh, we've seen him re, um, re-energised since he's entered your stable. You know, he had an amazing spring, when he two group ones, I think it was, and then now he's heading into the autumn. Uh, what's the plans for him? Well, he's got a very exciting autumn and, and he, you know, it's up to Adrian and, and Jerry, uh, Adrian training the horse and, and Jerry owning the horse now. Um, but you could see him running in Doncaster, you know, he, I don't know if he'd go on to the 2,000 metre handicap. Mm. Just a wait for age race. But all I know is that when he came to us, he was an uptight sort of character, you know, really sort of cranky with the world. (laughs) Got to get me. (laughs) Got to make him that he come out and say, hey, man, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I I got great joy out of being part of the team to help him rejuvenate and and re-energise. Because he had a most interesting back operation. They called it a kissing spine. I don't know what that would be like. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but he's come back and he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what are the little tips and tricks you do to make a horse get happy? Like how did you make the alligator blood happy again? You watch them. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you if they're not happy and they'll tell you if they are happy. 
If they're happy, nothing's a problem. They come out, you walk in the box, that nothing's a problem. Yeah. If they're unhappy, they'll want to kick you when they come in the box. They're nasty and narky on the world, just like a person. They come out on the track and they want to pull instead of going around nicely. You know, yeah. it's one thing about being a horse being competitive. It's another thing when he wants to pull mm. because he then won't be able to do it in his races. Mm. Whereas if he's relaxed, he'll be receptive to what you're training him and he can do anything. He'll climb mountains. Yeah. Even if the mountains are only little molehills because <laughs> you know, not every horse is a yeah. champion. Yeah. You know, but he will definitely improve. Yeah, awesome. And just for some of your two-year-olds, Gay, the instructor, is he the one to finally win you the Blue Diamond? Yes, I think he is. I like yeah. him. He's a cruising individual. Yeah. He's, he's a very nice, neat uh, colt. He wants to get on. Like, he, he really competitive. Yeah. Competitive. And you'd want him on your football team. <laughs> <laughs> really. And, and he's just unassuming. He's just lovely. Yeah. And red resistance heading to the slipper. Yes. And yeah. He's a different type of horse. He's a more sort of Tom Cruise type character. <laughs> he's very good looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, um, but nothing's hard. Like he jumps, he leads. Yeah. Wins. And when he hears the horses coming, as Brett Preble said, he goes a bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. And is there any horses that you can steer us into, into the autumn carnival? Horses to look out for from your stable? I think the horses go to Magic Millions. You must be very respectful of because those horses, Farnham went to Magic Millions. Yeah. Haha went to Magic Millions. That's her winning the slipper there. Yeah. They, they have got the spring preparation. They've also had trip away. Hmm. Season tough horses. So those horses that raced at Magic's, I'd be looking at if the horse that's only had this is his first preparation, e.g., red resistance. Yeah. They are a disadvantage. That's not to say he can't do it, yeah. but they are a disadvantage. And the odds are slightly against. Yeah, nice. Well, we are conscious of time, but we do want to finish on a Gay Wardhouse quiz on your career and everything. <laughs> do, you, do you think you know no your pressure. Little, yourself no well? Pressure. Yeah, this will be a test. Like, don't, don't look at the answers. I'm not sure. <laughs> you just need three points to pass. Should be Five sweet. questions. Easy. We'll start off easy. Question one, what was the name of the horse that was your first trained winner? Yes, uh, it was uh, a gifted poet. Correct. Bonus. The Hawkesbury in the first race meeting ever run at Hawkesbury. Yeah. When the guys came to give me the horse, there was some police, there was some coppers, you know, <laughs> came into the stable and I said, just wait a moment. I rushed into the feed ring and I rang Rob and I said, have a look at the form of gifted. <laughs> I didn't have a horse. <laughs> and Rob said, it's good. He said, this horse has been racing around the country, but he said, you'll improve it. That's the type of thing. Yeah. And I said, okay, and I walked out and I said to the guys, I said, yes, I'd love to train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll, gi I'll give you one bonus point if you can tell us what year it was. What year? Yes. About 2,000 years ago. <laughs> that is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Take a stab. Take a random guess. Is it 1993? Oh, 92. Very close. That's very good. Okay, good memory. Cool. Question number two. Which season did your trained horses earn the most collective prize money? A, 2011 to 12, B, 2013 to 14, or C, 2021 to 2022? Collective prize money. Collective prize money. Your prize money's gone dramatically in that time. How many years has that over? Come on. Uh, that's gone from 2011 <laughs> to 2012 and then 2022. So that's three years. It's, 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 Ten years, isn't it? Twenty years. Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Yeah, hello. <laughs> That's a silly question because that, that'll go around. And, you know, hey, no looking at the sheet. No looking at the sheet. <laughs> I would have said 2011 was my, my best prize money. 
But uh, the prize money's gone up so hugely in some of those races. I can't. hate to break it to you. It's actually B. It's in between. to 14. So in between. <laughs> got you there, yeah. So you actually earned 18.8 million, 168 winners, 128 second places, and 102 third placings. Wow. 168. That's incredible. 168. Oh, just, just a little. 168. Lazy ones. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> Number three, who was your first ever Group One winner that you trained? Uh, uh, Tiago Nick, Easy. Metropolitan. I gave him two oh. one and more. I wore a velvet green velvet, <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited. Yeah. And I ran across, and my hat fell on the end, and my shoes came off. Oh, everything will come off if I want a Group One. Oh, everything. Number four, we touched on the Doncaster Mile earlier. How many Doncaster Miles have you won? No, seven. Correct, Jeez. seven. He's good. Fire. Tommy Smith, seven apiece. But Chris Waller closing in fast with six out of his last 14. Let me get his tail. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a Doncaster winner this autumn, Gay? Um, well, I'll go to blood. There you go. There you go. Up the blood. Um, coincide. Coincide, yeah. He's, he's a nice horse. Very nice horse. Um, no, that's probably the two. The two. I hope that they make it number eight. Make it eight. Yeah. Um, alcohol free. Alcohol free, yeah. Yep. We haven't seen him run yet in Australia, have we? Uh, we haven't seen him run yet. You, yeah. You haven't. Yeah. You haven't, but you, you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last question. Which jockey has ridden the most horses for Gay Waterhouse? A, Nashrilla. B, Danny Beasley. C, Chris Muntz. D, Tim Clark. Tim's current, Chris, and the others aren't riding. Uh, who was it, Nash? Nash, Beasley, Munts, and Clark. I would have said Munts. Correct. Dang. Four <laughs> out of five. Over Incredible. Over hundred winners. You're good. Yeah. You have a very good memory on yeah, you. An amazing uh, association. Uh, but I'm lucky enough that I've had great associations with all the jockeys and yeah. stable rider. Uh, and Nash uh, doesn't ride for us as much now, but still... Yeah, it's quite a bit. Still hungry. <laughs> Nash is always hungry. Seriously, <laughs> Tim. Tim can be anywhere on a horse. Tim can lead. Oh. His clock in his head is magical. Tim can yeah. be back of the field or midfield, and he always positions a horse beautifully. Mm. I say he's got lovely hands. He's very kind to the horse, but the horses travel for him. Very yeah. Important. Well, awesome. you did well. You got four out of five, so smashed it. Right, you right. know your career. Thanks yeah, for incredible. Oh, career. Thank God. You're breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Well, it's so nice. I had no idea this was going to be a, a five-way show. So. Yeah. <laughs> the more Thank the merrier. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We have one more last thing. I know you had a look at this little bloke before, Hasbullah. Yeah. We'll be very grateful if you can sign the back of it, like our other and guests. I'll just give you a pen. Who's Buller from? He's, he's from, from Russia. Russia. He's from Russia. He looks at it. And, <laughs> and, and in, in real life, he's actually smaller than that cutout. Yeah. yeah, he's actually half that size. Yeah, so so you, you now, he's yeah, a UFC yeah. champion, yes. <laughs> you now ink your name into uh, Cast Patrol history with that signature. Thank you. Thank you, you so much. Yes. And what's this, uh, some sort of belt? Yeah, yes. so he's the, he's the world champion for the flyweight in yes. Russia. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable. He's adorable. Uh, thank you, Gay. And so you take him on all your little trips. Yeah. 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 He's our little roadie. <laughs> he does the editing for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the old saying, shut mouth catches no fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't like the way you look or the lighting, blame this guy, not yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, we thank you very much for coming on and uh, being another guest of the Castro and one of our favourites for sure. Thank oh, you very it's much. It's going to be hard thank to beat so this much, one. Gay. Thanks, Gay.